If you haven't checked out a Very Brady Podcast online merch store, you gotta do it. With the holidays coming up, where else can you go? You can pick up a Very Brady Podcast coffee mug for Aunt Sally or a Very Brady Podcast phone case for Uncle Bob. The merch store has t-shirts, coffee mugs, magnets, stickers, and so much more. There are several different designs and t-shirt colors to choose from. Maybe you want to get a Very Brady Podcast pillow for Grandma. Go online to a Very Brady Podcast store on tpublic.com today. The link is in the show notes of this episode. Go check it out, and as always, have a sunshine day. The following is a fourth-hand production. Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Tack, and with me, as always, is the other host of the show, Jimmy Klein. Hi. Oh, wait, I messed up. Sorry, you'll have to edit that. Hi. And on this podcast, to make you feel better, man. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. And on this podcast, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break down the bunch one episode at a time. What we do, Jimmy, as you know, we take the episode, we break it down, we write it up in a short story format, but then throw it away only to dig it out of the garbage just for you, the listener. Okay, and the whole time our family's over our shoulder trying to figure out what we're doing. <laughs> On today's episode, we look at season two, episode 24, entitled, Tell It Like It, Tell It Like It Is. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might be a hell of a lot more funny if you do. The Brady Bunch is available to stream on Hulu, CBS All Access, and Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. So, Jimmy, this is the one. season finale. It is the season finale. It's crazy. It seems like just weeks ago we started it. <laughs> really dumb. <laughs> seems like a long time ago. <laughs> Oh, man. So, finishing up Season 2 tonight, um, and we are going to go on a short hiatus, and we will be back for Season 3, Episode 1, on Friday, January 15th. You can tune in your dials and check it out. Heck, yeah. And you have to, you'll have to tune in to see if I'm going to be in Season 3. <laughs> All right. I might switch it up and get somebody else. That's right. You could. <laughs> Wait, are you? <laughs> so, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um so Christmas is coming up, Jimmy. You getting all excited? You getting ready? Yeah, I think so. We got all our decorations up, that sort of thing. Got a lot of our shopping done, that sort of thing. So what about you? Yeah, I got a lot of the shopping done. I still got a little bit more. Um I do not have a tree up yet. Wow. Um today is the sixth, so I still have some time. Um, but I have to go, it's in storage, which is like, I don't know, like three or four miles from here. So (laughs) I got to drive over there tomorrow and dig it out of storage and all the decorations. So that's what I'll be doing tomorrow. Fun. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We have two trees up. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and a bunch of inflatable t- stuff, too, outside and inside. Like. And a bunch of lights. And a baby Jesus. Oh, baby Jesus? Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, good. Are you yeah. getting in the festive spirit? Not really. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Just not feeling it this year. I just I just want this year to be over. Everybody does, but this is like the holidays. This is <clears throat> Christmas time, and this is the time where, where things are magical. And if you believe hard enough, Jimmy, if you believe just hard enough, your dreams really can come true. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you need to watch more Christmas movies, Jimmy. I think that's true. I've already watched uh, Elf. Oh, we watched Elf the other night. I tried watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, and I know I'm going to piss some people off, but the movie's really not that good. I mean, it really doesn't hold up. What? Yeah, like (laughs) Chevy Chase really is not that funny of a person. He's just just not. (sighs) So It's a Christmas classic, and I love it. It may be a Christmas classic, but sometimes classics are garbage. So. Damn. Well, you mean like Citizen Kane? I said it. What? I said it. <laughs> like I, I once had a 74 AMC Hornet, which is a classic, but it was a piece of shit. So. <laughs> I got you. I don't I know. I just you. National Lampoon's Vacation. It's, I think it's one of those people where like the magic of Christmas gets in them and they believe hard enough that it's funny and it's it's just not. It's. I don't know. I enjoy it. I like it. I try to watch it every year. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take our first break. Unless you got something else. <laughs> no, no, I'm good. You say that like you have something else. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all. fine, Dak. No, it's your show. I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right. Well, let's take our first break. And when we come back. We're really going to get into this, and uh, this is a Carol episode, folks, so buckle in. Yeah, right. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We'll be back. An old wine cabinet said to be possessed by a demon which invokes nightmares and physical harm. An island full of giant rabbits said to appear once every seven years off the coast of Ireland. A rural family that in the dead of winter walked one by one into their barn, but never walked out. The world is full of fascinating mysteries, and the Blurry Photos podcast sheds light on the darkest corners of the unknown. With a new storytelling-focused format, Blurry Photos brings legends to life and examines if there's any fact behind the supposed fictions. Join me, David Flora, as I explore the unexplained and explain the unexplored on the Blurry Photos podcast. And we are uh, back. 
That was a good break. That was. Hmm. That was a good break. Hmm. Huh. All right. So we have the Brady Bunch season two, episode twenty-four, entitled "Tell It Like It Is." <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Facts about the episode. It was first aired on March 26th, 1971, written by Charles Hoffman, directed by Terry Becker. And I don't know who any of those people are. Neither do I. <clears throat> According to I wonder, IME, if related, I wonder if there's any relation to Dustin Hoffman. Hmm. Don't know. <laughs> According to IMDb, <laughs> the only Brady Bunch episode that features Carol as the main story character. That's also, I what mistake it was. Sorry. <laughs> also, this episode is rarely shown in syndication. Imagine that. All right. So you ready? <laughs> I am ready. Right. So we fade in. Ooh. We open up in the middle of the night and we see Mike tossing and turning in the bed. He wakes up and notices that he's alone in the bed. He calls off a carol, but no response. He gets out of bed and begins to check throughout the house upstairs looking for her. He checks in the boys' room. No Carol, Jimmy. Oh, no. He thought he was going to find her like in bed with Greg, but... Yeah, right? No. Then he checks in the girls' room. Was he in there? Or was she in there? No Carol there either. So he decides to go downstairs to look for his missing bride. As he walks down the dark staircase, he looks around and calls out for Carol again. And she answers? No response. No. Damn. I know. He then notices, but look out, he notices a light is on in his den and steps inside to see. One thing that was interesting about the scene is, maybe I just wasn't paying attention in the past, but apparently the master bedroom is across from the boys' room. Is it? Yeah, because he gets out of the master bed. He comes onto the hallway, goes directly across from the master bedroom to go into the boys' room, right? So anytime hmm. now when you when they open up the boys' room and you if you look out in the hallway, you'll see a door on the other side of the hallway. Hmm. That's the master bedroom. Hmm. So now in your head, you have an idea of the how the house is configured. Well, they shot it weird. They should have shot it flipped around the other way. To show that it was, like, on the other side of the hallway, you know? Like, put the door on the right. No, because yeah, every, exactly. yeah, yeah. every bedroom yeah. is shot with the door on the left. Or really, right. with the boys' room, it's straight ahead. But, I don't yeah. know, that's if weird. They would have, if, yeah, you're right. If the entrance to the master bedroom would have been on the right-hand side of the, state, of the, the set, mm-hmm. it would have made a lot more sense. Yeah. But the fact that it was on the left, twist your brain around. Yeah, they do another weird shot like this later we'll get into. Um, yeah. Where it's confusing. But, yeah. Right. Oh, did you notice when he went into the boys' bedroom that there was like a little, like, a little, like, baby kid play, like, golf set? <laughs> no, no. So apparently the Brady's don't throw anything away either. <laughs> this is like for a toddler golf set. It like had it was a little like golf bag with all the different colored little golf clubs in, like pink wow. and blue, and you know. I was like, "What the? Who? I didn't the know fuck? they made those back then. I didn't know either. I hmm. looked at it and I was like, "Holy! Who? What set designer thought that should go in a boy the boys' room at their age? That was a, a toy company paying the Brady Bunch. Hey, can we put this as a set dressing? That's what that <laughs> maybe." Was. It's like, we don't have toddlers in the house, but it doesn't matter. There's kids, right? It's okay. It's like, Nobody will notice. 
It's all it's all old men making the decisions. Yeah, there's kids in there. They probably play with this. I don't know. Well, the producers are probably like, well, Bobby's a toddler, right? And the actor's like, <laughs> no, he's like nine or ten. Like, why? Why can't you understand this? <laughs> Is that that's not a toddler? I don't understand. <laughs> all right. Scene two. As he enters the den, he sees Carol sitting in a chair, writing on a yellow pad. Carol jumps when she sees him and says, oh, Mike, you frightened me. Mike says, I frighten you. Honey, I've looked all over this place except the doghouse looking for you. Carol apologizes and says she can't sleep. Mike says, well, that's kind of hard to do sitting under a bright light writing something. Oh, burn. So I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> As he tries to see where Carol is writing. What's that? Carol conceals the pad and looks him straight in the face and asks, what's what? Damn. Mike asks again what she's writing. Carol says, oh, it's just something. <laughs> Mike goes on, honey, it's a quarter to two in the morning. What could you possibly be writing? <laughs> right? <laughs> That's so messed up. It's a quarter to two in the morning. What could you possibly be writing? <laughs> right? That's so messed up. Anyways. Well, you're writing Carol- like your fucking shopping list or your things to do tomorrow. <laughs> what does it say? Like, wake up, drink coffee, go to bed. Make a salad. Help Alice with a cake. (laughs) Carol gets up from her chair and says, oh, I just don't feel like talking about it. As she puts her back to Mike. Mm. Mike. Yeah, right. Mike walks over to her and says, well, if that's the way you feel, he pauses and then says, is that the way you feel? Carol looks at him and says, yeah, that's the way I feel. Um, I mean... I don't mean to sound mysterious, but Mike interrupts and says, oh, it's okay. Coming back to bed. Carol agrees and then says, but I'm going to warn you. Even in my sleep, I won't talk. Mm. And then they walk off to bed. Damn. Why is she acting like such a child? (laughs) Like this is exactly how Greg would act if he was like (laughs) reading porn or something. And this is exactly how, like, Marsha act, would act if she was, like, writing a love letter to a boy. Like, why is she acting like a child? <laughs> I don't know. But you got to respect Mike here for being like, well, if that's how you feel, I respect that. I not guess. Coming, he probably is just tired. And he's like, he don't want to fuck with it anymore. He's just like, <laughs> whatever, dude. Just get back to bed, please. Because he knows that she's going to wake his ass up when she goes back to bed. So he's like, no, just go back to bed, please. Just go. <laughs> he's like, that'll be enough of that now. Come back, yeah. come to bed now. I wanted him to be like, <laughs> yes, dear. you got all day while I'm at work tomorrow to do this. Why are you going to do it at two in the morning? Damn. <laughs> Scene three. The next morning, we see Alice in the kitchen making breakfast. Mike comes down and greets her with a friendly, morning, Alice. Alice asks, how come you're up so late this morning, Mr. Brady? Mike says, oh, I got woken up during the night and couldn't go back to sleep. Uh-huh. Alice yeah. says, <laughs> and then Alice gives him a high five. <laughs> Alice says that she thought she heard him. <laughs> she thought, I thought I heard the bed bumping last night. No. Uh-huh. I Ye- said she thought she heard him crawling around downstairs around Hell two o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> Mike goes on to tell her that he was looking for Mrs. Brady. He says, I finally found her curled up in my chair, in my chair, in my den. No, in the den <laughs> yeah. writing something. And she wouldn't tell me what it was. Alice says, that's funny. I found Mrs. Brady curled up in the family room the other night writing something, too. Mike (laughs) asks, writing what? 
Alice admits that Carol wouldn't tell her either. Mike smells bullshit and looks at Alice and asks, What do you suppose she's up to? Alice suggests that maybe she's keeping a diary. Mike shoots that down and says, No, she wouldn't keep that a secret. Well, not for me anyway. I don't think. Mike's still trying to figure it out, asks Alice, What do people write late at night when they don't want to be caught or discovered? Alice thinks for a minute and proudly says, Ah, something you don't want anybody to know about. Like letters to penthouse. (laughs) Mike looks at Alice like she's a moron. (laughs) Just then, the girls come running into the kitchen and and they greet everyone. No, they say like, hey, whatever. Mike asks the girls where Carol is. Marcia says, she's going to skip breakfast. Jan adds, she's doing her hair. Cindy chimes in, she's going on a date or something. Mike is all, what's that now? (laughs) Marcia corrects her and says, an early luncheon appointment, she said. Jan adds, she's getting real fancy. She's under the dryer right now. Mike says, good. That would keep her in one place while I talk to her. And he heads up the stairs. This would piss me off. Like if what? I found out like Megan was sneaking around, writing something in the middle of the night, not telling anybody what she's writing, I'd be like, okay, what the, what the hell's going on? Like this would piss me off. <laughs> well, what if this she piss she's you off? writing something in a notebook or like if she's like texting on her phone? <laughs> like, it, would, it, would, it would piss me off that she's keeping it a secret. That's what would piss me off. Now, I think I would handle it like Mike at first and be like, well, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. I was like, should I be worried? It's probably a question I would ask. And there we go. No. Like, okay. Yeah, but the, the way me and Megan's marriage is, we tell each other everything. And this this would piss me off because this would be one of the, <clears throat> it would be out of the norm for her to keep this a secret like this. But what if it's a surprise for you? Then she would say that. She would just kind of give me a look and say, it's just, it's nothing you need to worry about. Hmm. And that would kind of trigger me to say, oh, all right. Um, well, but also, did you did you notice what Alice was doing during the scene? She was making lunches, I think. For the kids. Yeah, but it was it was really good attention to detail this time. Like normally, it's like making breakfast, and there's like macaroni and cheese on the stove, or something. It's always some random crap because the producer's like, "Oh, screw it, just put something in a in a pot and pan and put it on the stove." Yeah. But this time, she was making oatmeal. When Mike walks in Mm -hmm. and she already had the six bowls sitting out for the kids. And at the same time, she had six lunch bags set up Mm -hmm. and she was laying out um, six sandwiches to make Mm -hmm. during this whole conversation. I just thought it was really good attention to detail for once, you know, instead of them doing things in a kitchen that really doesn't make it like they have water boiling and then they have... (laughs) You know, celery on the counter that somebody's chopping up. It's like, what are you making? <laughs> right. But this time it actually made sense. It's like somebody that actually, you know, gets kids ready in the morning was paying attention, you know. <laughs> it's true. I love how, like, Mike and Alice are just talking shit about Carol. <laughs> She's not even there. <laughs> because you know this is like, they have a kinship because they are around before Carol yeah. was. So this is like old school for them. For sure. They, they, I feel they do this all the time. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Constantly do. You know, the other day, you know, you know what, uh, 
your wife said to me, she goes, I'm tired. I need to lay down. <laughs> because she went picketing for 45 minutes in front of the fucking yeah. city hall. <laughs> and then no, she, she made me rubber feet for her. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, I don't have fucking meals to cook for you guys with six kids. <laughs> Did she make sex sounds like your mom used to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so awesome. Yeah, I hear oh, you, Alice. The other night, went oh, upstairs, tech. and I was like, Carol, give me some of that ass. And then she's like, <laughs> um, I am a little sleepy. <laughs> I haven't been sleeping well. Seriously? <laughs> That's awesome. Hell yeah. Well, I haven't been getting much sleep. You're not going to tonight either. <laughs> All right. Scene four. Mike enters the master bedroom where we see Carol sitting under the big noisy hairdryer. Mike smiles and waves at her. Carol says loudly, oh, Mike, I thought you left. Mike says loudly, no, I haven't. The girls told me you were going to skip breakfast. Carol replies, oh, no, thanks. I thought I'd skip breakfast. Mike, looking a little frustrated, says, no, no, no. They tell me you're going to get gussied up for a date. Carol looks at him and says, the date? Oh, I think it's the 14th. Hmm. <laughs> Mike, really frustrated now, turns off the blow dryer and says, I understand you have an appointment in town. Carol, surprised that he knows this information, says, yeah, lunch. Mike asks, see, and, and when she said that, that kind of pissed me off. <laughs> like, because like, you're, you're, you're going through all this trouble for lunch? Like, what the hell? Like, if right. I was Mike at this point, I would think she was cheating on me. Yeah. Just the way she's acting. Mike asks if it's with her friend Ellie. Carol, while looking at her nails, looks up and says, it's a secret. <laughs> and then looks right back at her nails. <laughs> she adds, it's all part of the same secret. Mike asks, so you still don't want to talk about it? Carol says, no, I'd rather not talk about it. So if you don't mind, honey, Carol turns the dryer back on and then Mike yells out, I do mind, honey. I hardly got any sleep last night. I'm going to be burned up with curiosity all day. Carol loudly says, Oh, thanks, honey. I hope you have a nice day, too. And she waves goodbye. Mike sighs and then rolls his eyes as he walks out. <laughs> you know damn right well Mike was thinking, Bitch, you hear me? You know she heard him. <laughs> I'm trying to act like that blow drives that loud. That was his car conversation in the car drive to work. All the, you know, she fucking heard me. She fucking, oh boy, what, you know, what the fuck ever. Because you know, if if Alice came in and they were saying something about a friend Ellie, you know, she'd be, well, that's not what happened. Ellie told me this. Oh, really? Now you can hear us, but you couldn't hear when I was trying to talk to you about something important. <laughs> um, but I really, she's by far the worst character on the Brady Bunch. Like, I'm sorry, but I mean, I, during this episode, I would, I genuinely was wishing that the Brady Bunch was just about Mike adopting three girls and that Carol wasn't even on it. Like, I really, I really don't like her in this episode. Well, see, it's kind of funny because I thought she was kind of cute in the scene, even though she was being super shady. She was just, she just looked cute. Like the way she was sitting there and it's the first time I've ever seen her like cute like that and uh just like she was like looking her nails and she was like it's a secret <laughs> it's all part of the same secret and it was just cute her delivery was really cute just, see know. to me it was like 
she was trying to be cute and it just pissed me off. I, I was kind of wishing Mike would have been like, okay, stop with the cutesy thing. This is something serious that we need to talk about. Quit playing stupid. You're not dumb. You can hear me. You know. <laughs> You're so funny. All right. Scene five. Next, we're out at a fancy restaurant and we see Carol sitting at a table with an older gentleman. They place their breakfast order with the waiter and the waiter walks out. Carol says, do you think it's silly of me to try this, Mr. Delafield? I mean, a three-way? No, she didn't say that. She <laughs> goes, I mean, I am a ripe cabbage, whatever the hell that means. I've never written anything before except letters. Mr. Delafield laughs and says, well, until you put it down on paper, Mrs. Brady, you'll never really know. Just then, Mike comes walking up to the table. Hey, how about that, huh? Mike just happens uh-huh. to be in the restaurant. <laughs> Hmm. Carol's surprised to see him, asks what he's doing there. Mike says he's having lunch with a client. Mm -hmm. Carol introduces Mr. Delafield to Mike, and he asks Mike to join them at the table. Mike happily accepts his offer, you know, leaving his client to sit alone (laughs) at the other table, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, his client's sitting over there like, oh, he's just over there, okay, like. What the fuck? Like, he sees him sitting down like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, okay, I guess I'll just order and eat this. Anyway, <laughs> Mr. Delfield says, well, you must be very proud of your wife. Mike seems confused, but agrees that he's proud of her, sure. Mr. Delfield goes on, this big jump she's taking into the world of journalism. Mike How looks awesome at her. Would it been? How awesome would it have been if Mike would have bust out with, for what? <laughs> she, do you know she doesn't have a job, right? <laughs> For what? Making a salad or helping with that cake? Like, she's what is it that single, I'm proud of her about? She's a single mom with six kids, and we have a housekeeper. <laughs> exactly. Single, yeah, yeah. I said single mom. She's an unemployed wife. She's a mom of six kids, three of which she she had to birth, and she has a housekeeper that does all the meals. Right. <laughs> Which part am I proud of again? Yeah. <laughs> Mike looks at her with a little more confusion. Delafield goes on. You know, we feel at a magazine such as ours, this is an ideal market for the kind of story Mrs. Brady is writing about your family. Mike, slowly understanding now, looks at Carol and asks, Story? Carol hides her face from embarrassment for some reason and nods her head like she's in trouble or something. Mike smiles at her. See, at this point watching, I was thinking, okay, his wife is keeping a secret. His He finds out that he, she's keeping a secret from the housekeeper, too. She's going out and not saying anything. And now he's at a restaurant, and she sees after he sees after all these secrets that his wife is sitting at a table with another guy. Yeah. All dressed up. Yep. And at no time did Mike jump to the conclusion that she was cheating. Well, I think from I the time from the time he was sitting at the table with his quote client, <clears throat> if there really was one, um, or did he just follow her there? I don't know. Um, from the time he walked over from the table with his client to the table that she was sitting at, I think in between that walk, he was like, 
this fucking bitch is cheating on me with some <laughs> dude. Well, plus he admitted, though, before he left that he was going to be eaten up with curiosity. So when he saw her at yeah. the restaurant, he was like, oh, shit, I got to go talk to her. Yeah. Hey, there's so, my wife with another yeah. man. Like, what the fuck? Well, supposedly yeah. he knew the guy. Well, he didn't remember, though. That's true. Because Mike's a busy businessman. He meets people all the time. He's like, you know, we met about a year ago. And he's like, did we? Did we? <laughs> all right. So. <clears throat> did you know how many parties those architects go to? <laughs> <laughs> Scene six. Ah, oh, this is a long one. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Take a deep breath. Later, we see the girls sitting in the family room with Carol. Marcia says, story? Jan adds, for tomorrow's women's magazine? Cindy chimes in, about us? Carol assures them it's true. Jan says how exciting it is. Marcia adds that everyone reads tomorrow's women. And Cindy says that she even reads it. Carol giggles. <laughs> so... <laughs> So she can't tell Carol or Alice, but she's telling the kids. Like, is she only doing that because Mike like found out? Yeah, that's I the only reason she's telling. I think the, kids? the secret's out now. So, well, correction is that the only reason she's telling the girls? <laughs> I guess I don't know. <laughs> Good point. Scene seven. Next up, the boys' room, where we see Bobby sitting at the top bunk, tying his shoe, and says, "I think it's neat." Peter adds that it is neat, even if it is just for a woman's magazine. Marcia is also in the room standing next to Greg, and she says, Tomorrow's Woman happens to be a very fine magazine. Greg adds, Besides, what other magazine would want a story about a woman with three girls marrying a man with three boys? Peter adds, Not popular mechanics. <laughs> they all agree how exciting it is. Bobby then makes monkeys. No, he does not. <laughs> you read it without even thinking. <laughs> Jimmy Klein. That's awesome. <laughs> trying to add things to the script. Bobby does but not make it, monkey it, sounds for no apparent reason. Not in this episode. Would it have been out of place? Would it have been that strange? I guess not. Because <laughs> they're going, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, he already did that." Um, but so so apparently, Carol only keeps this a secret from like adults and males. So like the whole family Brady Bunch unit is all BS because when the going gets tough, she confides in the girls, but everybody else is a secret. Like to the point where she even has the girls go up and tell the boys because she ain't about to do that shit. <laughs> right. Huh. I don't know. <clears throat> hmm. Scene eight. That was pretty funny though. You like totally read it without even thinking. <laughs> you Down got in the <laughs> Down in the den, Mike is setting up Carol to use his typewriter. He looks up at her, smiles, and says, I think you'll be quite comfortable here. Carol, with a sheepish look, says, But this has always been your den, dear. Mike puts his arm around her and assures her that it still will be by saying, Listen, I'm the proudest husband in town, and you can have this whole den to yourself. Until you finish the article. <laughs> 100% that's what he says. 
Right. So you can use this end anytime you want, you know, until you're done, and you gotta get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> this is my den or Greg's bedroom sometimes. Exactly, yeah. Carol sits at the typewriter and gets situated. Carol says that she can't think of anything else she needs. Mike says, Well, there's two things. First one is privacy, which you'll have in a second after I leave here. And then a piece of paper to write on. As he loads the paper for her, Carol looks at the piece of paper with disgust. Mike asks, what's wrong? Carol says, it sure looks blank. Mike laughs. <laughs> like <laughs> He treats her like head. such a baby. <laughs> this. Like, I'm surprised he didn't, like, tuck a napkin in her shirt and stuff. Like, it's ridiculous how he treats her in this. <laughs> like, he should have yeah. just, yeah, typewriter's in there. Well, I don't know how to set it up. Sounds like you don't know how to be a writer. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> like, that's I mean, kind of part of writing is knowing how to use a typewriter. Like, common knowledge back then and how to load a typewriter. Well, and that's what I was thinking, too. Based on previous episodes where, like, Alice has her own typewriter. The kids have their own typewriter. Yeah. Carol Mike had a badass one. Remember, we liked it. Like it was yeah. a little red one that was compact. It looked sleek exactly, and sexy. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't know why he's like belittling her by setting it up for her. It just I think uh, he's just yeah, trying I mean, to help he, her out and make her feel. He more did everything except push her chair in for her. Like it's I don't know. <laughs> I think he's just excited for her and just trying to be helpful. I think I did think it was funny though how he let her know that it's still his den. <laughs> 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 you can use it anytime you want until you're done with this article. But you have to wow. ask first. Because <laughs> you know he was thinking like, how about your little vanity up in the room in the master bedroom? You can't use that shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It's a table, ain't it? You got a typewriter, don't you? Like, <laughs> Scene nine. Later, Carol is typing away in the den and she looks up to see the boys are cleaning out her waste paper basket, but also trying to read the discarded pieces of paper to see what she's writing. You boys are supposed to empty the baskets, not read what's in them. Peter says, we're just average curious kids. Greg says that they're running out of places to dump them. Bobby says, maybe you can scrunch them up tighter. Carol shoes the boys out. Just then Mike enters as the boys leave and he asks how it's going. She says it's going well. Mike tries to read what she's typing, but Carol puts a stop to it pretty quick. Mike surrenders without a fight. Carol says, Oh, Mike, everyone has been so great through all this, especially the kids. They have been absolute angels. Mike says, Honey, they're practicing to be famous angels. <laughs> why are the boys doing Alice's job? <laughs> like, know, right? Why are they taking out the trash? I feel like and it's at a- first I thought, well, they're just being nosy. But she says, you're supposed to take the trash out and not read it. Mm-hmm. So she even says you're supposed to take out the trash. Yeah. So that means that this is a normal job for them. So why are they doing Alice's job? Well, I mean, they got to have some sort of job around the house. And I feel well, I'm like that was like yard work and stuff. I feel like emptying three boys to empty one or two yeah. waste paper baskets is probably enough for them. Especially when there's three girls. You know what I'm saying? Am I right? Am I right? No, I'm teasing. Um, also, why did Mike change his clothes? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't like. He was wearing like you, this, but I didn't notice. He was wearing like this beige kind of greenish pale shirt, and then he walks in wearing a dark blue shirt. Like, why did he change his clothes? <laughs> and at first, I thought, okay, maybe he came home from work, and now it's later on, and he changed. But the second outfit he wore was nicer than the first one. So 
If it would have been reversed, I would have thought that. But you know, it's not <laughs> no. like he was all dressed up and he came in later wearing like a shirt and, and jeans or something. No, it was he was nicer the second time than he was the first time. <laughs> um, no. Unless he had set it up before he went to work. But I don't know why he would be wearing dress pants and a button-up shirt before he went to work and then change into something. Anyways. Um, no. So, yeah, and I thought it was funny. I'm sitting there thinking everyone's been great through all this, you know, except Carol. <laughs> She's been pretty except shitty Carol. through all this, keeping secrets and stuff. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this is the odd angle I was talking about in the den. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a weird shot. Like, where is it in the den? It's like, this is the fourth wall? I think so, but I think um, she's next to the fireplace, isn't she? Because <clears throat> I think the the blinds that look into the living room yeah. were to her left, right? Which That's means correct, she, yeah. which means she's her back is against that fourth wall that we don't see very often. Oh, okay, okay. It's kind yeah, of a weird spot. Okay. So, I don't know. <clears throat> Scene ten. We immediately cut to the girls upstairs in their room. They're having a pretend interview at a little table and chair set. Marsha looks into an imaginary camera and says, I'm Marsha Brady, the oldest of the three Brady daughters. If you read Mother's article carefully, you know, I begin on page three. Hmm. Jan also looks into the imaginary camera and says, how does it feel to have a mother that is as talented and successful as ours? Well, just lovely, my dear. Just lovely. Hmm. Cindy adds, in in the article, I'm called Cindy, but my real name is Cynthia. <laughs> so nice to have met you, darling. <laughs> then the girls all... <laughs> then the, you're like a little kid. You're like, <laughs> read it again, Jimmy. <laughs> um, then the girls all look at each other and giggle their asses off. <laughs> I like the... I thought Cindy did a really funny job in this. Cause, yeah, yeah, cause I thought she goes, it was pretty good. I'm called Cindy, but my real name is <laughs> Cynthia, darling. That was funny. She did well, it's like, at first, it gives the appearance that they're having a tea party until I realized it was an interview. But, like, Cindy is like, what, 10? Cindy? No. She's, She's like 9 eight. or 10. She, well, still, even at 8, as old as they are, like, what the hell are they doing with a tea set? I don't know. It's like girls, know. isn't they're, that what girls do? But I mean, they're old enough to actually make tea. I mean, Marsha's almost in high school. <laughs> like, why are they pretending? Like, why can't they just go down to the Keurig and make some fucking tea? Yeah, right. <laughs> just d- drive to Starbucks. <laughs> uh, you can order that shit now, and you can postmate it. Fucking. <laughs> It's like they can ride their bike down to the general store or whatever, but they can't ride the Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> it's Los Angeles. They're all over the place. Hello. Scene 11. Next, we're back in the boys' room where Greg is putting on a tie in the mirror while Peter and Bobby watch. Peter asks why he's putting on a tie. Greg says, sure, Pete. When you're famous, you can't look like a slob. Bobby asks, does that mean you have to wear plain socks, too? What the fuck kind of question is that? That's the weirdest question. As opposed to what? I, I can't wear my ones with monkeys all over them? Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Greg rolls his eyes and straightens his tie and asks them how he looks. Peter says, like a slob with a tie. Greg looks frustrated. First of all, 
um, why is Greg talking like that? He has a he puts a really weird accent when he's when he asks, "How do I look?" Like he's like, "Hang on, that." Like, and it's almost like he's doing an imitation of somebody from old timey TV or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but also, wasn't he just looking in the mirror? <laughs> oh, yeah. So a, like, well, I guess I guess it's normal to ask how you look, but like his his tie and his collar are completely screwed up. Right, bro. You were you were just looking in the you were literally looking in the mirror. Like, mm-hmm. how did you miss that? I know because his collar was flipped up. He's like, how do I look? And he's like, you can see yourself, right? (laughs) You see how fucked up that is, right? (laughs) I I almost wish Peter would deliver that line with more attitude. Like a slob. Like, look. (laughs) Like, the mirror's right there. Look at you for yourself. You look like a slob. (laughs) Right. Uh, Scene 12. Back in the den, Carol is typing away and Alice is dusting all around her. But secretly trying to read what she's typing. Ooh. Right? Carol, finally picking up on some bullshit, says, Alice, this is the third time you've dusted this desk. Alice puts her hands up in defeat and says, Say no more, Mrs. Brady. I was just wondering if I was in the article. Mm. Carol says, Well, of course you are, Alice. You're one of the family. As a matter of fact, you're here at a very special time. Alice asks, I am? Carol goes on, yep, watch, just two more words, the and, because you know, Carol's a really slow typer. Yeah, yeah. Carol, <laughs> Carol pulls the paper out of the typewriter and slips the whole story in a manila envelope and says, well, tomorrow's women, here you come. Alice congratulates her for completing her article. Carol gets up and says she's taking it down to Miss Mr. Delafield right now. She goes on to say that she's supposed to have an answer within a week. Did you notice how thick the stack of papers were that she put them in a manila envelope? Yeah, it looked like probably like 10, 12 pages, maybe. That long for an article? Like You've seen how small typing is, right? Well, it's not an article. She's writing a story. Uh, yeah, that's true. But it's going to take like half the magazine. <laughs> it's not Reader's Digest. It's a I magazine. Guess. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. It just looks like a lot of papers to me. Yeah. Oh, scene 13. Next is the quickest cut through a week of time I've ever seen in my entire life. Because <laughs> it literally <laughs> yeah, like. It's like bing. Yeah. And it's not even that. It's just a like a quick cut. Like it's like. What's that called when you do the. <laughs> The quick cuts, like there's no transition. Yeah. Right. It's like a, I don't know. like there's like a where, yeah, there isn't like a where it shows the exterior of the house, you know, yeah. or it doesn't like have like the, yeah, like the video doesn't like flip around or anything. It's just a cut of Carol in the living room and walks over to Mike saying how it's been a week. Like, (laughs) gee, it's hard to believe it's been a week. Thank you. Carol's in the living room and walks over to Mike sitting on the couch reading a paper and says, Mike, Mr. Delfield said within a week and it's been a week. Um, Can't you make time go faster? Don't you think I I would have thought that line would have been funnier if she would have went over to Mike and said, Mike, Mr. Delfield said within a week. And then Mike said, Carol. It's been a week. 
(laughs) So that would have been funnier, but instead of her saying, and it's been a week, that just makes it sound like she's telling us, by the way, it's been a week, just so you guys are all on the same page. (laughs) And then she goes on, don't you think I ought to call him? Mike, putting his paper down, looks at the tiny woman and says, no, listen, business week means 10 days or two weeks. Okay. Don't worry, he'll call. <laughs> Carol, looking disappointed, says, I know, but I gave my number to a secretary and maybe she lost it. You Mike know laughs how women at the, are. Yeah, Mike laughs <laughs> at the awesome. silly woman and tells her to relax. Because back in the seventies you could do that. <laughs> Just then the doorbell rings right on cue. Carol looks excited and asks if he thinks that that could be Mr. Delafield. Mike laughs at the woman again. Carol says she's too nervous to open the door, so Mike gets up and answers it. Mike returns from the door with a manila envelope, and he says, Hey, honey, look, special delivery. And it says, Tomorrow's woman. He hands it to Carol, and she opens it up. Carol says, It's my story. They sent it back. Mike reassures her and says, well, sometimes they ask for some changes. Carol reads the letter attached to it, and it sadly says that her story doesn't fit their needs at the magazine. Carol says, oh, Mike, I've been rejected, flatly rejected. Mike laughs a little and puts his arm around her and says, oh, honey, only by tomorrow's woman, not by tonight's husband. Tonight's husband. Mm. Damn, Mike is fucking lazy. Why? Because he's sitting there reading the paper and <laughs> he's basically like, well, go answer it. I'm reading my paper. You know what I mean? And <laughs> even when she's all nervous, he's like, okay, what? Well, they're going to ring a second time. You need to get your ass out. Fine, what, uh, fine. I'll go put my paper down and go answer the door. Like, Damn. <laughs> well, first of all, <clears throat> she's expecting something from somebody any second now. Yeah. He's sitting him down enjoying his time off because he works, <laughs> and she's already still standing in the living room. But she wrote an article tack. <laughs> she, well, she wrote a story. <laughs> she doesn't have energy to open a door. Um, <clears throat> but also, why is Carol so upset? Like, it's literally mean? her first article she's ever written. And she's all upset because her very first article, they said no. She's like, I well, can't I mean, do this. It's, Fuck been, this. <laughs> it's been built up a lot and she's had a meeting with like the editor and he is like tasking her to do it, saying, you got this chicky, do it, let's do it. And she does it, turns it in and they're like, eh, no, no thanks. So it's kind of disappointing. She worked hard on it. Probably well, several sure hours, is, but I mean, uh, she can't be so disillusioned that she really thought her very first article would be successful. Like she can't be that dumb. Yeah. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Well, that and and Mike is all like, eh, at least you get some dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you need. <laughs> you know what you need. Turn you, that friend upside down. You know what, would make, <laughs> you know what you would make me feel better? I mean, uh, make you feel better. <laughs> You know, that mouth needs, that said little mouth needs, you need my dick ram right inside That's And awesome. this is where we take our next break. <laughs> so Carol wanted to take on a new venture to write a story about the family for Tomorrow's Woman magazine. Only, 
it sucked giant donkey balls. Or did it? Dun dun dun. We'll be back. Never mind that. Welcome to the Juan on Juan podcast. I'm your host, Juan. I know that was a mouthful. But join us while we talk about a variety of things. Life, business, maybe some conspiracy theories. Who knows? Just sit back and enjoy the ride. We're going to answer all your lifelong questions. Like, is it okay to shave your balls with the same machine you use on your face? I don't know. Anyways, follow us on social media. Instagram at the Juan on Juan podcast. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, where you can catch our weekly episodes. See you soon. So, Jimmy, you had a good conversation topic right here. What was it again? (laughs) (laughs) That was pretty funny. Um, So, me and you are into multiple things outside of podcasting. Podcasting is definitely one of them. But me and you are also into uh, filmmaking and photography. Yes. Right? Now, having said all that, as long as I can remember, me and you have always not not very secretly wanted to make films like we used to make them with our video cameras at home yes you know the tech of the 50 foot baby tech of the giant rottweiler those kind of movies right um <clears throat> but outside of those have you ever kind of like carol in this episode have you ever has there ever been anything like secret or not so secret that you kind of wanted to try and that maybe you, you didn't have like the balls that Carol does actually actually try or the means because you have a fucking housekeeper and a husband that supports you. Um, have you ever, has there ever been anything where you kind of, I don't know, you kind of wish that you could start a new career and try it? I feel you know like I mean? you're outside, outside of filmmaking, outside of photography. I feel like you're like, <laughs> like, you know, something and you're trying to get something out of me. No, not at all. But, I mean, there is 100% something I've been secretly working on I haven't told you about at all. Oh, Jesus. Okay. (laughs) Well, you heard it here first, folks. Let's go. But it's a secret, and I'd rather not talk about it. (laughs) Which was my attitude for a while until, I mean, I'll tell you now. But it is something that I want to do, like myself, to see if I can do it. And it is a huge venture. And it's becoming a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> but I'm willing to take it on. So, <laughs> Oh, you're trying to fix your car, aren't you? I'm trying to fix my car. No. <laughs> <I'm>, uh, <clears throat> I am uh, attempting to write a novel. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That's ballsy because I, I don't know if I could do it. Well, mainly because I don't like to read. I know you like to read. I hate reading. So like, for me, that sounds like such a massive undertaking because for me, it's a massive undertaking to read a book, let alone write <laughs> yeah. one. So, yeah, more power to you. I, don't, I wouldn't be able to do that. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's tough. I mean, I've been working on it for several weeks now. Um, right. I've already, I wrote like two chapters and then I've already like thrown it all out and started again <laughs> because I changed a, lot, a few things, which completely changed the first two chapters. So <clears throat> I threw it in a waste paper basket and then I got ran in here. He's like trying to read it. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you like, ran it. You've dusted off my computer desk three times now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of fell out of it for a couple weeks and then now I'm getting, getting back into it again. So I'm off for the next three days and I want to kind of sit down again and work on it. Right. I've right. been talking about it with Rannon like a lot. So he like knows everything about it. <laughs> he knows the whole story. <laughs> he knows everything. He knows. I could ask him how many pages do I want this book to be? He'll go 90,000 <laughs> or words. <laughs> sorry. 90,000 words. And, uh, <laughs> so like I've shared like way too much info with him. He don't, I don't think he really cares, but he just knows all this info. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, that's cool. So you're like a little Carol. Yeah, kind of yeah. interesting. It was a secret. So in a sense, and like, hmm. this isn't a put on like people at home. Like I really did. I had no idea. Like, <laughs> no, this was sounds like 100%, this, was so this was just happenstance. Like this wasn't like this wasn't preconceived. Right. <laughs> well, do you have an answer to your question? Oh, you mean for myself? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess sort of. It's not as, as dramatic and it's not as interesting. Um, <clears throat> you know, the field I'm in, and I, I recently got laid. We've talked about on the show. I got laid off a few months back. Um, and I kind of, I always kind of, I, I love doing things with my hands. <clears throat> and um, I kind of secretly want to, like, do, I don't Jim. know. Start like my start like my own like air conditioning company or starting my own you know mechanic company or, or I, I don't know I just I like fixing things I like doing things with my hands. What is, so. what is a mechanic company do? <laughs> do they make mechanics <laughs> like a, like a car mechanic? Just you know kidding, I, mean? I, know, like that. I know. Like I don't know. I've always kind of wanted to do that, but I just I don't have the confidence a that I could do it, and b that I wouldn't be screwing up everybody's stuff. So. But I love doing it. When I'm at home on weekends, that's what I, I mean, now for the past probably two months, it's just sitting at home every weekend, fixing stuff, just working on things, creating projects. <clears throat> I just, I love yeah. it. So when we're late or don't miss a week or we, where we miss a week, it's because of mm-hmm. this, Jimmy. This is why. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean. And I got to admit, I'm getting pretty good at it. So. Well, good. Yeah. Good for you, so buddy. yeah, if there was anything, it'd probably be. I always have this fear of my AC going out. I don't know why. <laughs> and you remember when I was younger, when I was in high school, like I didn't have AC at my house. I don't know if you, you remember that. No. no. Uh-uh. <clears throat> and so now I have this big fear that my kids are going to have to deal with that too. So I kind of like to start my own AC company, just so I don't have to worry about it. But like, uh, didn't your AC go out like just last week? <laughs> it did. Yeah, it's been out. Um, it's gone out twice, and both times I was able to fix it myself. So I was pretty impressed by that. So you got cool air going again? Yeah, I do now. Nice. nice. I bought an old Suburban, and I've completely redid the entire AC system. Every every component in it's been replaced. So well, HVAC, that's like a good career in itself right there. You can make yeah, good yeah. money doing HVAC. And I know, it's like I said, it's very undramatic, and there's nobody out there going, I wish I could be an AC guy. I, but I do, but it's like being an electrician. You got to apprentice with somebody and yeah. that's a whole new career path. You can't, 
apprentice with somebody and then hold a 40 hour a week job. It doesn't work that way. So, you know, if I could go back in time, I would have learned a trade like that, like electrician yeah, yeah. or welding or some shit like that. Cause you make some really freaking good money doing shit like that. And we live in Florida. So HVAC is one of the few companies where you're, it's like kind of like lawn care. You're almost guaranteed to yeah. make it, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that's it, probably to start my own AC company. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready to get back into this? I am ready to get back into this. Well, when we left off, Carol tried to crack her way into journalism. She was tasked to write a story about the Brady family for Tomorrow's Woman magazine, but unfortunately the magazine didn't like the story she wrote and rejected it. Well, let's get back into this. Scene 14. The next day, we see Mike meeting with Mr. Delafield at the same restaurant at the same table. <laughs> so, I mean. Maybe that's just like his office? Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Maybe he can't afford one. He just rents out space at a restaurant. <laughs> Mr. Delafield says, the explanation is really quite simple, Mr. Brady. The story your wife wrote tells it like it is. Mike asks, well, what's wrong with that? You can't mix a second marriage, six kids, a housekeeper, and a dog and come up with Romeo and Juliet. Delafield laughs and says he understands and goes on to say, Tomorrow's woman likes to accentuate the positive, the pleasant side of things. Mike looks at him and says, you mean not tell it like it is. Delafield Mm. says, Mr. Brady, today's world is grim enough. Tomorrow's woman... Mm -hmm. We're at Tomorrow's Woman, we're looking for happy angles in life stories. Mike says he understands and asks, what if we let Mrs. Brady make another try? Accentuate the positive, as you say. Delafield says, I'll be more than happy to read any revised version she'd care to submit. Hmm. What's What I found weird about this is there's an ashtray on the table. And it's so <laughs> weird seeing an ashtray on the table. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> You know, it's kind of messed up that Mike is sitting down and talking to Mr. Delafield about Carol's deal. Yes. Like, I mean, it seems very like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Not fucked up, but like. Forward? It's like, you know, he's like, oh, you're just a woman. Let, Let the men, you know, do this for you. That's kind of how it comes across. Yeah, I mean, somebody like that would even set up the typewriter for it. Oh, wait, he did. Never mind. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. and he, he does it without her even knowing. He just makes takes the meeting with him and sits down with him and discusses, like, her future with her well, potential, see, like, like, boss. I took it slightly different. I was like, why is Mike talking to him and not Carol? Like, like Mike yeah. should have been pressing Carol saying, well, you need to schedule another meeting with him and talk to him and see what's going on. Right. Like, actually talk to him to get feedback. It's your first story you've ever written. And they say no. And you're just like, oh, well, I'm a farthead. Well, why don't you make an appointment and see what the problem is so you can, I don't know, maybe get better? I don't right. know. <laughs> so. Right. Good point. Scene 15. <clears throat> we immediately cut to Carol in the family room saying, but Mike, you couldn't. You didn't. Michael, Mike looks at her and says, but I could, and I did. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh. Carol goes on. 
Even though I was rejected and knowing how I feel, Mikey explains, you weren't treated any differently than any other writer who received a rejection. Oh, and the way you feel uh, is sorry for yourself. Yeah, Ooh, I said it. Damn. Carol Shock says, sorry for myself. Mike interrupts and explains to her that she just placed too much emphasis on the problems in our life instead of the lighter, happier times we've had. Mm-hmm. If, if you rewrite it, he said he'll be more than pleased to read it. Carol says, oh, no, I've had it. I'm tired of rejection letters filled with waste paper baskets. I'm not going near that typewriter again. <laughs> Carol's being ungrateful. Imagine that. <laughs> like she's done this shit one time and she's <laughs> like, oh, rejection letters. Uh, hold on. Time out. Letter one. You've gotten one. It's your first one. You're only one. You've gotten one. I'm and a pretty like, blonde woman. I've never been rejected before. And she's had it? Like, her life must be so yeah. hard, Tech. Well, yeah. Like, now she finally can relate to Jan. Finally. But I mean, yeah, of course, Mike Marcia has, little, still has no clue on what she's going through. <laughs> Mike may have been wrong for talking to him kind of behind Carol's back, but the fact of the matter is he did get her a second chance, and she's 100% ungrateful. True. So, scene 16. Since this is an episode about quick cuts, this one is no different. Mm-hmm. We immediately cut to Carol sitting at the typewriter, hunting and packing away at the keys. Slow as fuck. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> We're treated to a little montage of her writing, throwing papers away, drinking coffee, and typing some more. Finally, Carol finishes while Alice is dusting next to her. Carol tells Alice that she wants her most severe critics to read it first before it goes to Mr. Delafield. Mm-hmm. Okay. If, if she sucks at typing that bad, <laughs> yeah. it's probably quicker if she ty- if she handwrites it on paper. Well, that's how she started, if you remember. Yeah. So if she handwrites it on paper first, has her family read it, her family's like, yes, that's cool. Then have somebody faster type it for her. <laughs> like Alice. <laughs> right. Like literally anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Scene 17. <laughs> we cut to the family room where Carol has her best critics sitting on the couches. Alice, Marcia, Greg, and Mike. She says to the group, well, you've all had a chance to read it. What do you think? Everyone just looks around at each other, not wanting to go first. Finally, Carol just calls on Alice to go first. Alice says, mm-hmm. well, I really had something else on my mind when I read it, Mrs. Brady. I was expecting Sam. Carol gives a look of disappointment to her and simply says, Alice, are you trying to tell me my story wasn't interesting enough to hold your attention? Alice says, oh, I didn't say that. I didn't. She looks at Marcia. Did I? Marcia shakes her head. She then moves on to Greg and asks his reaction. Greg says, oh, well, the typing was great, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) Carol has a look of disgust on her face and asks, typing? Greg goes on, oh, Mom, I'm big on westerns and whodunits. I don't know much about stories like yours. Nobody got shot or killed or anything. Carol moves on to the next. Marsha? Marsha says, 
Well, it's all sweet and goody-goody. We're always helping each other and happy and smiling. What about the time the washing machine overflowed and we all had a big fight? Carol says that she had to change that due to magazine policy. She then asks, was that your only reaction? Marcia says, I guess you did a pretty good job considering what you had to work with. Us. Carol laughs and then looks at Mike. Mike is trying to avoid her <laughs> by looking around the room. <laughs> looking around the room. That was awesome. Not at her. He's like looking at shit. He's like, oh boy. He's he all stretching. And everything. And all of a sudden he's like, shit. Oh God. <laughs> Carol then calls on him. Mike sighs and says, I thought this was pretty good. Honey, a husband can't testify against his wife. <laughs> he gets up and goes on. Well, you gave Delafield what he asked for, and I'm going to take it to him myself right now. So her story sucked. <laughs> well, I think Marcia summed it up best. She just said that, you know, you wrote all these happy goody goody shit. Like, all right, yeah, yeah. that's cool. I guess. I mean, when do we ever have happy goody-goody times? Like the time we all did a play in the backyard together or the time that we did. (laughs) Mike's funny. He's like, hey, hey, I'm not going to say anything bad about it, but you know what? I'm going to take this down myself just to show you that I support you. I'm going to take this down myself. You watch this. Give me me the envelope. Give it to me. Like way to get around it, Mike. Yeah. Mike interfering again. Exactly. Well, no, I'll take this to him. I'll take your story you wrote for to your editor for you know. <laughs> Almost See? like he's gonna like hand it to her and hand it to Mr. Delafield and be like, "Look, she did the best she could." You know, come on, get him slips her like a twenty, slips him a twenty. Like you know, what I'm saying maybe this makes it in your magazine. Just saying. <laughs> he's like, I stopped and got you a cup of coffee. Trust me, you're gonna need it. <laughs> Well, and then, he, and then he's like, well, Mike, aren't you going to stay for some lunch? <laughs> this really is your office, isn't it? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him at the restaurant tomorrow. Oh, you have lunch plans? No. No, I don't. It's just where he'll be. He'll, he'll be there. So, <laughs> scene 18. Next, we're in the kitchen where Alice laughs as she sees Carol walking in wearing dirty sweats and a bandana on her head. (laughs) Alice asks, what are you made up for? Halloween? (laughs) Carol says, no, I just thought I'd clean out the fireplace. Take my mind off of, well, you know, what's interesting about that tack is her brush was completely clean. (laughs) I didn't notice 100% clean. Didn't even have a spot of dirt on it, which I found amazing. But all of her clothes were dirty. Well, she must have, you know, wiped it down with her clothes. Um, <laughs> Alice says, you dropped it off at the magazine yesterday. You can't expect to hear anything yet. Carol says, I don't expect to hear, period. Ooh, burn. I love and real just quickly. just Alice like, was like, what? No, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> I love that Carol shows up wearing like, cleaning clothes or whatever and she's right. all dirty and she's like what are you what are you doing and Alice <laughs> yeah, like in Halloween <laughs> Alice is like I wear a white like made like you know whatever they call it apron every day and I don't get that shit dirty how in the hell did you manage to get that dirty in this house 
Just like you're cute, you think you're like cleaning around here. (laughs) (laughs) That's Toad's adorbs. (laughs) Just then, the phone rings. Carol walks over and answers it. It's Mr. Delafield on the phone, and he says, I just put your manuscript down, Mrs. Brady. I could hardly wait to call you. Your rewrites are exactly what we want. Mm. Mean, yeah, right. Meanwhile, Alice is bugging the shit out of Carol to see who's on the phone and what they're saying. <laughs> Carol keeps telling her to hush while Mr. Delafield goes on. We'd like to send it to publication next month. And of course, you should be introduced to our promotion department as soon as possible. And would a small tea at your house be possible so our photographer can take some candid pictures of your family at home? Also, invite some of our local critics and meet them informally. Again, Alice feels she's going to burst if she doesn't know who's on the phone and keeps (laughs) bugging the shit out of Carol, but Carol just keeps shooing her away. Carol tells Mr. Delafield that that can all be arranged. Mr. Delafield says, excellent. How about Friday? Say, three or four o'clock? Carol says, doesn't matter to me. Three or four, four or three? Alice interrupts and asks... Three or four, four or three, what? Carol hushes her again. Hmm. Delafield goes on. All right, let's make it three. Carol tries to think while Alice is still bugging her as she says, uh, 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 th- that'll be just fine, Mr. Delafield. Thank you. Carol hangs up the phone and thinks out loud. Let's see, finger sandwiches, pastries. Meanwhile, Alice is about to pop like a zit <laughs> if she doesn't get some information quick. She says, well... What did he say? Carol stops in mid-thought. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Alice. Mr. Delafield liked the story, and he's going to buy it. Alice congratulates her and gives her a hug. Carol then says, and we're going to start with tea on Friday at 4 o'clock. Wait a second, Jimmy. Delafield said 3. No, no, you just didn't hear it right, Tech, because Alice was bugging the shit out of Carol. (laughs) Freaking Alice, man. God, she was like a child. I want her to say, hold on a second, Mr. Delphi. What? You're like, well, who's on the phone? Don't worry about it. You have dishes you have to do. I will tell you all about my details of my life when I hang up the phone, okay? <laughs> How funny it would have been if Carol would have been like, excuse me, Mr. Delafield, my maid is bothering me right now. <laughs> yes, maid, what do you want? Do you have questions? Do you have questions about cleaning something, maid? <laughs> I just wanted to know who's on the phone. Oh, I'm hey, sorry. Remember, Did you think this was for you? Like, have you seen my outfit? I got this dirty because of shit you didn't clean. <laughs> Should you really be bugging me on the phone right now? Ask yourself this question. <laughs> <laughs> Is this the best use of your time right now? When I'm this dirty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god good times we should have written this I know we weren't born yet but we should have written this oh god this next scene actually really is a long one not like a jokey long one it really is a long <laughs> yeah, one it is. <clears throat> here we go scene 19 so Friday has come and we see Mr. Delafield and his posse arrive at the Brady home front door and he rings the doorbell Carol walks up to the door and opens it, still wearing a robe and a towel around her head. She is shocked to see Delafield with the photographer and several critics standing on the doorstep. 
Mr. Delafield? Delafield says, we did say three o'clock, didn't we, Mrs. Brady? Carol looks at him wide-eyed and says, no. Uh, I mean, yes. Yes, we did, of course. I guess. Come in. <laughs> they all come in, and Delafield introduces the group to Carol, and the photographer begins snapping photos of Carol. <laughs> she is uncomfortable with it, seeing as she isn't dressed. Delafield finally introduces the last person to Carol. He says, and this is Nora Maynard, who I trust will have a few nice things to say about the Brady family in her syndicated literary column. Ooh. Nora, <laughs> Nora looks at Carol up and down with obvious disapproval and snooty as fuck says, so this is Mrs. Brady. Carol, still embarrassed, asks to be excused while she goes to change. She tells them to make themselves at home. Can I just say that that Norm Maynard is a bitch? <laughs> yes. And well, here's the, here's the confusing part. Yeah, like the photographer's a straight up dick. Like, like he's she creepy obviously as fuck. he obviously she obviously would not want pictures of her looking like that. Exactly. I mean, he and every probably time wants he pictures takes a picture, he like smiles like mm, like that Eric smile. He's like, <laughs> like, what the hell is wrong with you? Well, that's for like his own like private collection. <laughs> probably, yeah. Because this robe was like super short, looked like one of Cindy's like sundresses. You know, it was like super short and it was kind of sexy to be honest with you. I was I was thinking it was a little risque for the Brady Bunch to be honest with you. I guess. Makes you wonder why she's downstairs wearing it. That's something you wear like out of the shower before you get dressed. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But back to Nora, like, yeah, she's like a straight up bitch. But then like, yeah, at the end, she like completely does a 180 and then she's like super sweet. And it's like, what the hell? That's because she thought she's getting fucking sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Just then the girls arrive on scene arguing about some girl drama bullshit or something. I don't know. Carol interrupts them and says, girls. We have guests. These are my daughters, Marsha, Jan, and Cindy. Nora says, <laughs> I was wanting so bad for her to say, these are my daughters, Marsha, Cindy, and um, um, uh, Jan. Jan, yes, Jan, yes. <laughs> yeah. That just been funny. Nora says, these are the lovable little moppets you wrote about, Mrs. Brady. I thought she Carol said looking, <laughs> Carol looking guilty nods and says yes. Another group member asks about the boys. Jen says, yeah, they're right behind us, and Bobby tore his good pants. <laughs> the boys enter the room with Bobby's torn pants, and Peter now has a black eye. Carol shocks us. Peter, your eye. Peter says, I got another fight with Buddy Hinton. Huh? Buddy Hinton? That's from uh-huh. before with the tree and Cindy. Greg, Hell while scratching, yeah. <laughs> Greg, while scratching, says, oh, Mom, I talked to the school nurse. She says I have poison oak. All the kids scream and run upstairs. Delafield's group looks shocked. Carol, now even more embarrassed, looks at Mr. Delafield and the rest of the group with an awkward smile and says, And those, those are my boys. Nora fucking Maynard then says, Those Hmm. aren't quite the darling little tykes I expected. The photographer snaps another photo of Carol, another creep shot. (laughs) Carol awkwardly invites them to sit down and assures them it'll only take her a minute to change. 
She then calls for Alice to bring out the food for them. Alice comes around the corner carrying a large tray of finger sandwiches. As she makes her way into the living room, she remembers something she forgot and quickly turns around to get it. And wouldn't you know it, runs right into Mike just as he's walking in carrying flowers. (laughs) Oh, boy. Man. That never happens in sitcoms. (laughs) Sandwiches and flowers go everywhere. Carol hides her face from embarrassment while Delafield sighs. Mike, trying not to look awkward, brushes himself off and says hello to the group. One man in the group says, really fucking snarky, this must be Mr. Brady. (laughs) Mike walks over and says, yes, head of the family and chief flower dropper. How do you do? Nora then says, Mr. Delafield, I'm afraid the family was in Mrs. Brady's story bears little resemblance to this one. Snarky McSnark then says, perhaps a ghost writer wrote your story. Mike assures them that Carol wrote it and rewrote it. Nora says, you know, you know what that guy reminded me of? You ever seen Ace Ventura 2 where the guy's like, yes. He reminds me of that guy. Hey, you're the Monopoly guy. <laughs> Did I pass out? Did I like that? <laughs> Nora says, well, it's certainly not about this delightfully normal family and their problems. Snarky then says, I'm afraid the modern family you wrote about only exists in fairy tales, Mrs. Brady. Nora goes on, take the advice from an experienced reviewer, Mrs. Brady. Truth isn't only stranger than fiction, but far more interesting to the average reader. Mm-hmm. Snarky agrees with her and says, tell it like it is, Mrs. Brady. Tell it like it is. That's the name of the episode. Is that like 70s talk for Preach It, Sister? Is that like that? (laughs) And then the other guy's like, activist, yes. (laughs) And then the black guy's like, jive-ass turkey. (laughs) And the other guy's like, yeah. He then looks at Nora and says, come on, Nora. Let's see if any of the sandwiches survive the crash. (laughs) And they're they so they're going to eat sandwiches off the floor. That's awesome. <laughs> Mr. Delafield walks over to Mike and Carol, and Carol asks, Well, I don't suppose they'd give my story a very good review, would they? Delafield says, No, no, they wouldn't. Carol then asks, I guess you don't want to publish it now. Delafield says, No, not under these conditions. Mm. Mike looks at Carol and says, Well, honey, even famous writers have had stories rejected. Carol says, yes, but I've had the same story rejected twice. Delafield says, correction, just once. I'm going to publish your first version. Carol Wide-Eyed says, but you said... (laughs) Delafield interrupts. Mrs. Brady, I never listen to what I say. I listen to what they say, pointing to the critics and staff. Delafield smiles and walks off to get some floor finger sandwiches. (laughs) Carol looks at Mike and says, Oh, Mike, I can hardly wait to get in there to my typewriter. Mike says, You're a typewriter. No. (laughs) Yeah, right. That's what I was saying. (laughs) Mike says, So you're going to write another story? Carol says, No, I'm going to break it so I don't have to go through this ever again. Mike laughs and puts his arm around her. Why was Mike buying flowers? And why was he buying that many? Like, why didn't him and Bobby just come in carrying a big, like, sheet of glass? 
<laughs> you know, right? I get or like joke. a big landscape painting that they can walk into thinking it's the street. Right. <laughs> um, or buckets of paint or something. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Well, like I figured like... And he turns around and hits somebody upside the head. Yeah. <laughs> I figured like it was probably that many would be getting so big because it was two huge like... Like bouquets of flowers. Yeah, yeah. I figured one would be for the table in the dining room table because that usually has like a vase of flowers and fresh flowers. And probably just to like spice up the room a little bit because remember, he's just getting back. It's probably only, it's probably three o'clock oh, right yeah. now. So That's they're probably true. not going to, he's supposed to get there till four, according to what Carol said because she can't listen because right, right. she's a woman. You know, they don't exactly. listen. She don't reiterate, okay, so this coming Friday at three, right? And we just said, no, no. Or, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Scene 20. The next day, we see Alice in the family room typing away at a typewriter. The boys walk up to her and offer to empty her wastebasket so they can read what's on them. Alice says, no, the scrunched up papers might be the best part. Now, I need you to go. You're interrupting a writer at work. Peter says... When are you going to stop writing your story and start cooking us dinner? <laughs> Damn. And did you see him grab his balls right there, too? He yeah, put, right. And put them up on her on his, on his typewriter. He's like, yeah, he mm. did. I, I think he pressed like the, the K and the L key. He's like, and you hear it go click, click. He was trying um, to spell out lick. He did, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Alice says, your mother is doing that for me today so I can finish. Just then, Carol comes in with a tray of food for Alice. She sits it down on the table next to her. Now, I don't know if you noticed, Tack, but this <laughs> consisted of spaghetti and meatballs with literally like two tomatoes sliced up. <laughs> no, I didn't notice that. <laughs> like, why would, first of all, I, I spaghetti and meatballs is normal. Yeah. But why would Of course, would you, like, the easiest thing to make, Carol's yeah. in charge of. Well, it depends on how you make it, but okay. Yeah. Um, if you use the jar like a wussy, then yeah, it's easiest. Um, <laughs> but why would you slice up like two tomatoes for one person? <laughs> I don't. It was ridiculous. It was a whole plate of tomatoes. Anyways, um, well, we were out of sauce. What? Okay. Um, <laughs> she sets it down on the table next to her. She shoes off the boys to get ready for dinner. Carol then asks, how's it going? Alice says, fine. I'm glad you inspired me. Carol then says, oh, Alice, could you do me a favor? Alice says, sure. Carol smiles and goes on, can I have your autograph? Alice says, autograph? Well, certainly, Mrs. Brady. As she picks up a little notepad and scribbles on it and hands it to Carol. Carol looks at it, laughs, and says, Ernest Hemingway. Alice says, I thought I might as well start at the top. Carol laughs. <laughs> Did you notice what in this scene? Like this has got to be one of the best scenes in all of the Brady Bunch. Wow! Wow! Because no. what was this? This room was formally known as the Anti Alice Alice Room. Right? Yep. Alice won a radio, a stereo, right, mm-hmm. a high fidelity stereo that she very strategically put in the anti-Alice room, knowing mm-hmm. that nobody could listen to it without her in there too, right? So now the <laughs> right. anti-Alice room is the not-so-anti-Alice room, right? Mm-hmm. Now we cut to today, and Homegirl is sitting in the yeah. family room. 
alone. Alone with and Mrs. Being Brady. Food. Mrs. Brady cooking for her <laughs> and bringing her food. Yep. In the anti Alice room. Yep. That's inspirational. That is inspirational. I did think about, hey, look at her. She's in the anti-Alice room. I thought of that, but I didn't take it as far as you did. And that's. Seriously. Yeah. Good good job, Alice. Holy crap. That's amazing. So, yeah. Finally turned it around at the end of season two. And that's the end of the season. That's the end of the season. Oh, man. Yeah. Interesting. It is. So, so what did you think of that season? Um, it was good. I'm excited to move on to season three. Is I um, because we have some uh, a couple of episodes that are pretty popular coming up in season right. three. This is true. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to double check on this. I'm pretty sure season three is opens up with the Grand Canyon trip oh wow if you remember the grand canyon trip i do yeah yeah. yep definitely starts with the trip to grand canyon i think that's like a two or three parter i think so wow nice should be fun and i have a review to read jimmy Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh i was getting nervous at these i know you do i know i know all right so this is an apple podcast Review <clears throat> starts off and let it, let you know now it's five stars. Oh, nice, good. Which we need them badly. So please, well, what everyone do you mean go badly? out there. How bad are our reviews? <laughs> our stars are kind of going down, and really, it's because we get a couple of people that have given us lower stars than they should have, and you know, wow, okay. But anyway, but not this guy. So let's not. <clears throat> Accentuate the negative, but let's accentuate the positive. Kind of like what Carol did. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell like it is, Jimmy. It says, must listen. Wow, nice. It says, the show comes from a place of love, but they also don't hold any punches. Can't recommend the podcast enough. And that was written by Chris Revel. Very nice. Yeah, that was uh, from Let's Chat with Chris Revel. He's got his show. I was on there a couple of times. Um, yeah. It's good times on there. And uh, so go check on, out his um, show. We had him on Taint Funny. We had him on Taint Funny when we yeah. back in the old podcast that you, you and I used to do with uh, mm-hmm. our buddies John and Eric. And uh, yeah, so go check out his podcast, Let's Chat with Chris Revel. And uh, he has guests on there and his guests are getting better and better. And, uh, man, oh, that's awesome. Good. He's getting like better scale. He's getting like some really cool, interesting guests. So go check that show out as well. And please, please, please go out there. If you're on Apple, Apple Podcasts, do a rate and review for us. Five stars and, you know, tell us what you think. I mean, but I mean, and I know you just got to say we desperately need the five stars, but be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, yeah. don't give us five stars and then we find out later on that you think the podcast sucks because then you're just going to disappoint us. <laughs> so, I mean, I know we've gotten some lower reviews and that's fine, but you have to admit those lower reviews made us a better podcast. Yep. And we, we learned from all of those. And we did. So. And we appreciate those people who have given us the five-star reviews. <clears throat> right. Very right. much. So hopefully more five-star reviews are coming because of the lower reviews. Mm-hmm. 
And I also want to show some more appreciation, which we totally forgot to do last week. We did, yes. We wanted to thank Jim Larison for sending us last week's episode because we couldn't find it anywhere online. He sent us the video file so we could watch the episode of the Brady Bunch. So, if so it thanks, was not Jim. For, if it wasn't for Jim Larison, last week's episode would not have happened. That's right. <laughs> at all. Like, for real. So Exactly. He was so thank you, invaluable. Jim, for sending yeah. that. Hugely invaluable. All right. And how else, since Jim Larison is such a helpful person to the show, how else can other people help the show, Jimmy? Uh, well, they can check out the website, a very, very, a very Brady podcast.com. Oh. And they, they can, can tell um, two friends. Yeah. Yeah. They, um, they can also go on and do a, a, a rate and review like we just talked about. And it's not just Apple podcast. There's um, a bunch of different podcast formats. So, if you're not on Apple, if you listen to it through one of the other ones, um, don't feel like you have to, well, I'm not on Apple, so I can't help or whatever. No, if you do it through Google Play, if you do, I mean, whichever one you use, rate and review it. That's awesome. Like, it's it'll help either way. You don't think you just have to be on Apple. Well, not all of the platforms have rate and review stuff, but there's only a few that yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, but check it out. Um, you can also send us an email to the show and uh, tell us what you think. It's a very pretty podcast at gmail.com. Yes, yes. You can join the Facebook group and join in on the conversation and fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, fun. And check out our Patreon, Jimmy, because we got to take we got to talk about our Patreon. Our Patreon is going to get worked on on our next month hiatus that we're about to go okay. on because we got to we have a few things to discuss, which I'll talk there to you about you after the show. But uh, yeah. Um, also just on the sidebar, um, I've noticed that we're getting more and more people visiting the Santa Ana slapper Facebook page. (laughs) We are. I'm swear. We have. We're getting notifications at least two or three a week. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. More power to them. If you want to join. Also, I, I noticed that, um, if somebody wants to join the, the Facebook group, I guess they have to be approved to join. Yeah, I didn't set it up that way, but like, yeah, I'm getting those approval notifications all the time. But I okay, just... yeah, yeah, I've approved a couple of them, um, oh, just because I happen to see it first. But if that, yeah. if you're joining the very uh, the Facebook group, and um, and it says to be approved or whatever, that's uh, that's just a formality. Like you're gonna be approved. You don't have to like prove yourself worthy or anything. Like, <laughs> It, it'll go through. Just give it a, as soon as we see it, we put it through. So, and real quickly here, our thing we always do our disclaimers that we had fun here today. Don't be offended. We're not racist. We're not sexist or anything like that. It's all in good fun, and we do love the show. Yes, that's very true. And uh, also, one more quick reminder: next episode is going to be season three, episode one, and we will go on a quick or in a short hiatus, and we'll be. Yes. We, oh God, I can't even talk. You say this next part. I can't talk. <laughs> um, we're going to be on a short. Uh, I don't even know what you're reading, but um, I'm not. I'm just. It oh, just okay. says we'll be back Friday, January fifteenth. Yeah, we'll, re- we'll return uh, Friday, January fifteenth. Um, now, what we mean by that is that the episode will drop uh, January fifteenth. Um, I'm just going to throw out like if if you're one of these people like you know Jim Larison or um, Emma Kate or um, Ginny, Ginny. Um, if you guys are at all interested in, uh, being on an episode as a guest, um, 
uh, just reach out to me and Tack, and we'll try to work it out if we can. Um, if there's a certain one you want to be on, reach out, and we'll try to arrange it. Uh, we would love to have you guys on the show. Um, if you're too nervous to, that's that's cool. That's understandable. But um, we would love to have somebody on if you guys want to. I mean, don't. That sounds like I'm pleading. That sounds like like we really <laughs> need a guest and we can't find one. Uh, that's not the case because if you listen to season one, we had some pretty impressive guests on that season. Um, but it would just be nice to have some of our our listeners on. You know, I think it would be interesting. That reminds me. Remember, we reached out to the other podcast that talks about Brady Bunch as well. Oh and yeah, they there was all- another Brady Bunch podcast. Yeah. Yeah, and they we've talked to them. We're like, hey, we should have you guys on. They're like, hell yeah! And then we just haven't right. done it yet because we've been kind of situated in logistics. I think it'd be fun to do one of the parody movies with them. Can be cool because to have me and you and then them actually like talking about the parody movies that could be really fun and interesting. For sure, I agree. So, yeah. So if you're listening, we didn't forget about you. We right. we will have you on the show. Yes. All right. Well, I think this wraps up season two. You ready to uh, go on a break? A little hiatus? Yep. And I want to thank uh, everybody and also Tack for um, letting me join in the fun this season. It's oh, been fun. For sure. And thanks thanks for being here. It's been a blast. I know that our listeners have really enjoyed having you on here, Jimmy. Heck yeah. People are saying that they like you better than, you know, my other random guests. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. I can see why. all right well we have to go before i cry (laughs) okay Okay. have a neat summer (laughs) see you next year (laughs) keep in touch hey jimmy stay cool okay stay cool keep keep smoking (laughs) keep smoking that's right you remember that (laughs) yes let me tell that story real quick before we go. Okay. This will be the season finale story. All um, right. <clears throat> um, me and Tack went to the same high school for a lot of years. My senior year, the summer before my senior year, I had to move, right? And apparently I had signed our friend's yearbook before I left. And when I finally moved back to Florida, she had been waiting to figure out what the hell I meant <laughs> when, I filled, when I signed her yearbook, right? And she had been waiting like a good five or six years to figure out what I had written. <laughs> and so I open up the yearbook and she points at it and it says Keet K E E T Smoten S M O T I N. And now now one would immediately think keep smiling. But that's tack kind of test. That's not something I would have written in a yearbook no, at that's, all. Not even, no. I don't think anybody would write. That's weird. Keep smiling. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't even make sense. So to this day, we have no idea what keep smoking, <laughs> what keep smoking means. We have no idea. We don't know what and that she's means. She's so disappointed, and the mystery will go on forever. Yeah, it will. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was an inside joke with me and tack and keep smoking. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We should maybe add that in. Starting with season three, at the end of every outro, well, yeah. I can we'll put st- it right at the end, right instead here. Of, check this out. Instead of ha- and, uh, we'll see you on another sunshine day. We'll be like Keith Smoten, right there. <laughs> It'll go right after Sunshine Day. So maybe right, we'll try right. it out here, and we'll do it next season. Maybe. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Well, I have been Jimmy, and I have been Tack, 
And this has been a very Brady podcast. We will see you on another sunshine day. Keith Smoten. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for stopping by and checking out the show. And come on back here for new episodes every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Head on over to AVeryBradyPodcast.com to check out past guests. And maybe you wonder what Jimmy and I look like, but, you know, it's not as good as you think, so don't get too excited. And you can contact us at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll read it on the show. And also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And don't forget to join the Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And also there's a like page for the show as well called A Very Brady Podcast. So join in on the fun. Join in on the conversation. Post memes. Do whatever you want. Just don't be a racist dick. And be sure to also check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, give a donation and become a patron. We'd certainly appreciate it. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, this has been a very Brady podcast and have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.